Hello and welcome to Money Mastery and Financial Planning, a podcast for women with your host, Rebecca Robertson. We're going to be focusing on maximising your money, creating wealth and empowering financial success. For more information about us, head over to our website, www.rebeccarobertsonevo.co.uk. Enjoy. Hi, and welcome to this session today, Future Proofing Your Finances Special. And in this session, we're going to be talking about how to thrive and build a strong financial foundation. No more messing. That's the, that's the title of my up and coming challenge that we're starting very soon on the 2nd of November. So if you've missed it, it's fine. You can carry on listening um, and enjoy this session today. Um, otherwise, those that are listening before the 2nd of November or even just within a few days of that, then come over and check out this challenge and I'd love for you to join us. So what does actually future proofing your finances mean? So um, what I hear other people say and what it comes up for me is being able to have a financial future where Basically, you can look ahead and be able to know that if certain things come at you, that everything's going to be okay. That if a family member comes to you, and maybe it's like your child and they need some help or they need some support, you're able to give it to them. You know, maybe it's a global pandemic or you've become ill um, or, you know, you want some some positives in life. You want to retire early or want to be able to clear your mortgage so that you could maybe change jobs or have a different career or just ease off the, the, pedal, the pedal a little bit. Um, you know, whatever it is you want those choices to mean by having future proofed them, it means that you're able to be in a position that you can make better decisions for yourself. So how to thrive and how to bring a build a strong financial foundation. And the reason I say no more messing is because I see so many people avoiding this stuff or what they're doing is it's on their to do list. But their real generation, especially if they're business owners, their, their energy is put into just bringing more money in at the top. But I see this with employed people. You know, they've got a relative you know, static amount that's relatively coming in for business people, it's up and it's down. So those that are employed, they have a bit of an easier job in that they're not distracted by trying to do anything different with that. And they're focused on, okay, what am I actually doing with this money? And what it means is they have them much more focused. They're not just distracted by the fact that I'm just going to go and bring more money in at the top. And it's like having a bucket with holes in it. Um, you're putting more water in the bucket, but there's just holes in it. And I see business owners do that an awful lot, not only in their business, but outside their business. Um, but by having plugged those holes, um, as you pour more money in, um, you're able to let that bucket overflow in the right way and not with loads of different holes. So you can actually channel that money and do the right things with it. So this year has been an absolute roller coaster. Obviously, I'm talking about 2020 and we've soon got Christmas coming. So when is a good time to focus on your finances? After a global pandemic, in a global pandemic, in the thick of a global pandemic, or once things have all calmed down, in all honesty, there is never a good time to concentrate on your finances. The best time is to do a little and often on a consistent basis. So I have people come into my challenge, do the challenge over and over again. Even if they're one-to-one clients of mine, they still come in and do the challenge over and over again because they always get something from it each time that they do it. There'd be something, okay, well I've ticked that box, don't need to do that, but what does this look like? So it's been such a roller coaster of a year. 
you probably learned a two thing about your finances. Maybe your job situation has changed. Maybe you've realized that you've been spending too much man- money on Amazon and getting some online, online deliveries. Maybe you've lost out on holidays that you've paid for months ago or you spent ages saving for and you can't have. Maybe you've spent that on a kitchen or a new bathroom or something different. Instead, you've probably learned something in this period of time. Or you might be one of those people that, you know, have really struggled this year with their finances. You know, the money coming in is literally nothing. Things could have completely stopped for you. Or you could be in an adventurous, a bit adventurous, is that a word? A, a better situation where you're able to, um, you, you know, come out of this actually quite well. Maybe you've turned your business around or got promoted at work. We're all in such different situations. And I try and sort of talk about this stuff so it does fit everybody. So no matter your circumstances, you will be able to get something from it. It's those that are in that next level or I don't like to talk about things in levels. If you listen to one of the podcasts um, right at the beginning, I talk about the uh, abundance. Um, it's like a, a, a sort of a flow of how money works and what goes around comes around. So it's not about necessarily levels, but it is about when able to move on to the next thing, like a slight a sidestep. Because once you've figured out one thing, you can then go on to the next. And that's the thing with finances. It does become quite overwhelming because there's not just one or two things to do. You can see there's 20 or 30 things to do. But in all honesty, what tends to happen is we're not able to move on to the 10th or the 11th or the 12th thing until we've dealt with some of the basics. That consistent approach and giving it the time and the effort is really, really crucial. So we're going to be sort of touching on just for a second here. I'm going to move on to talk about financial milestones or life events. So what is a personal financial life cycle? Traditionally, financial planning and tax planning um, have sort of carried out an out ad hoc um, throughout people's lives so my job as a financial advisor one of the things that we're looking at is okay how old are you what's your status where are you at where are you on your financial milestone Um, we don't tend to think about our financial strategy until something actually comes up and we need it it might be that we then start to scrutinize our spending for example um, it starts to occur maybe when we need a will because somebody has passed away and we know they had problems, so we need one ourselves, um, or we need to apply for a mortgage because we want to buy a first house. These are all sort of purchased products, if you like, but there's not really much regard of um, what the financial planning and the future might look like, what five or ten years down the road. And that's one of my key jobs is to get women to think about this stuff. Um, and families, I don't just mean just obviously women are in relationships, whether that's with a fe- another female or a male so um, we want to be thinking about our life in a sort of a a financial milestones so there's key sort of three phases to to this cycle and the first phase is wealth protection so between the years of 18 to 45 years so it's quite a big gap if you like this is where you should be building financial security for your life ahead doing cash management by setting goals about your career lifestyle and financial family commitments This is where you need to manage your credit and uh, debt um, to avoid getting into too much. But having some is absolutely fine. Protect against any economic downturns and ensuring um, yourself in case just something was to happen. So if you're reliant on your self-employed and if you you were ill, your business couldn't run and you need that income that it generates, then how can you protect that? If you've got a mortgage and you're reliant on your job and if your mortgage isn't paid, if you wasn't there, have you got life card or other protection in place to allow your family to be protected?
that's a wealth protection phase. And then with second phase is a wealth accumulation phase. And this is 35 to 64 years old. So again, it's quite a big gap. Um, and this is where you've reached your peak in your earnings in terms of you know, building that nest egg and building for, for your future, your family's future and your retirement. You're gathering in the, 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 the reaps and the rewards of what you've previously done and the efforts you've done, whether it's you know, going for your career or building your business, etc., and now you're reaping those rewards and you're accumulating wealth in the right ways. And you maybe need to think about your retirement plans or your children's future. And then third phase is wealth distribution. And this is like 65 plus. And this is where you start to spend your savings. You start to you draw down on your pension during retirement. And you might actually do that sooner. So I speak to a lot of people that don't want to do that at 65. They want to do that sooner. And the sooner you get through these phases and you do the right things in these phases, the better, stronger financial future you can have. And it's pretty much common sense. And I feel like, you know, it, it, uh, I, I, how do I put this? I get a bit bored of saying the same thing over and over, but I know there's hopefully somebody there that's listening that will go, great, I've never heard it put like that before. And I'd love for you to leave any reviews or any comments on our podcast um, to let us know how you're finding the show. So 65 plus, or hopefully sooner, this is where you're spending your savings and pensions during retirement and also planning um, what you're going to give your loved ones when you pass away. You might, you might be getting into your 70s, 80s, or you might be at a stage where actually I don't want to give them anything. I'm just going to spend it all um, and you should enjoy it. Um, so there's three stages. Um, and these three stages give you an overview of how your money grows and falls throughout your life and helps you um, when you need to maybe tighten up on your spending. Now, I'm not going to go into these into minute detail because actually they go into a further six stages within that. Um, and I'm going to talk about that separately another time. But I just wanted to give you a bit of a flavour of what we're sort of talking about these different phases in life. Now, within that, we have a hierarchy of priorities. So when we're talking about our finances, we have to think about putting food on the table first. So I've created what I call a money matrix. And there's a hierarchy, Maslow hierarchy of needs, where we start at the bottom and work our way up. So I'll just explain briefly what those levels are. So the bottom level is obviously paying living for today. So, you know, Maslow describes this as um, in other contexts um, in terms of making sure that, um, you know, we have food clove on our back and food on the table and it's very similar when it comes to your finances um, it's making sure that we're living for today now what a lot of people do is they they stay in that state when it comes to their finances and they're not thinking any further ahead they might start to tip into their lifestyle for today so how they want to look and feel with their lifestyle of today um, so they might go and get more finance to buy a fancy car um, or they might start living beyond their means on a monthly basis meaning they're getting into credit card debt for example so and we, we all have phases of that I've been there I did that when I was 21 I got into an awful lot of debt after having a car accident and it meant that you know I had to then work really hard to clear that off um, and thankfully at that time I had a good employed job that allowed me to do that before children but for women we go through so many different cycles I talk about why I do what I do quite a lot because um, it's happened in my family it's happened to me it happens to the women and my clients around me where we have to be um, much more on the ball with our finances now men have a different kettle of fish and I'm being quite sort of um, not old-fashioned in my sense but sort of quite um, black and white in this but, I'm, but 
trust me, I have clients who are in mixed relationships and this is not me just categorizing it in that way. I don't mean to. Um, so for a main breadwinner, which could be a male or a female, they have the responsibility. I even spoke to a female client a few days ago um, where she was talking about her husband and how much housework he doesn't, doesn't or doesn't do. Um, and she's the main breadwinner. He looks after the children. And that was great over COVID because it meant that she could concentrate on her job and she's got a fantastic job. And it's amazing. I see those kinds of women, how well they do and how much more karma their setup is compared to those that are actually trying to work whilst having a job or trying to do it with their partners um I do sometimes wonder if we've uh, we've pick and picked the right path for women sometimes where we're trying to have have it all and I think there is there is space for that and to have it all but it, um I think there's I'm seeing too many women reaching burnout um which I'm just as a side note I'm I love um some resources um, around that that I use so I use a company called one of many um, and I also listen to podcasts like uh, Brené Brown um, and she done a fantastic um, interview with some ladies the other day around a book called burnout so if these are things that resonate with you there's lots of resources out there don't feel like you're alone going back to money for a second but they do overlap a little and how we are feeling in ourselves give us the strength and the power um, to be able to feel confident with our finances to be putting our energy and time into this stuff so they do overlap in many ways um so going back to living for today and putting food on the table so what people tend to do is they get stuck in this place and they're re really looking for um making themselves feel better about themselves fill any gaps comparing each other comparing themselves to others buying things and living a certain lifestyle and so sometimes we don't move on to the next phase um and i would sort of briefly say about um around income um, obviously with women, we tend to have more caring roles. We tend to maybe have gaps in our employment if we're having children. Um, and we're often thinking about others in the sense that we're not ticking the planning boxes when it comes to planning for our future. What, you know, our money's coming in and it's maybe paying for, you know, school fees or um, holidays or that kind of lifestyle stuff. Um, so then when it comes to making yourself a priority, it tends to come further down the, 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 the list of things that need doing. Um, so as we start to then go up to the next phase, that is into income. And this is more than just putting food on the table. This is starting to say, OK, well, I want to have um, earn more money. I want to go from part time to full time. This is I want to sort of grow my business. And, you know, we all have a mindset around, you know, what our limitations are. And I generally find that people don't go from earning, say, 10 grand a year to 100 grand a year. They are made in incremental um, growth phases so it go from 10 grand to 15 grand to 15 grand to 20 grand and the leaps um just often the more you're developing and in investing in your education and your learning depending on what you're doing um it will just depend on how much you're putting in as to what you get back and it's ensuring that's the right and a good return of investment um, and then it starts to go into the next stage, which is protection. So it's looking at how we protect and look after our family. So some people, when it comes to their mindset with this stuff, um, are very conscious of making sure they've got um, enough backup emergency money. You know, what emergency money to them, to somebody else would be completely different. So I have some clients who want 100 grand, 200 grand just sitting in cash and others that would be thinking, well, that's far too much. If I had that money, I'd have I'd be buying a second house or um, and they'd be quite happy to have five grand in the bank. So we've all got a different perspective. Generally, we think about, you know, 
three to six months of your outgoings to make sure you've got enough fallback. And then you can start to look at insurances. So we insure the cat, the dog, the car, everything else sometimes, um, but actually not ourselves. So actually not the thing that's bringing in income at the top. Um, and then after that, the next phase is actually pensions. So pensions, as it might be, um, they've changed a lot over the years. Um, and to me, they're just your retirement planning. So whatever vehicle you are using that is going to give you a relatively a guarantee, not a guarantee, because guaranteed in regulatory terms means something completely different, um, but a form of an income in retirement that means that you don't have to work. And that includes if you're running a business, um, you know, you're not having to work in that business. You're not doing lives or <laughs> launching or, or um, delivering a service or anything. You're not having to run that business as such. Um, it'd be one thing if it was like a silent partner uh, in a business, uh, that would be OK. Um, and that was then driving you an income property as a form of an income. And you having a diverse form of uh, retirement planning income is absolutely fantastic. And then the phase after that um, is starting to then look at savings. So we're not just talking about emergency savings. We're talking about general sort of future planning. So actually you should have your retirement planning set up way in advance, not, you know, I'm sorry, ladies that are in their 50s and 60s already, if you haven't done that before, start now, don't just leave it. But um, if you're in your 30s, actually doing these actions now means you won't have to sort of suffer so much later on by having to put a higher proportion away, dribs and drabs over a longer period. And then you're saving for holidays, then you're saving for the new car. And actually you're covering the foundations first. Knowing how much that is, is a really key part. Um, and then we start going into investment. So then you can start looking at understanding the risks and if you want income, do you want it now, do you want it later? Um, you start talking about maybe making a diverse portfolio um, and seeing how you can make your money grow. So you can see that there's phases of wealth and there's also phases of actually prioritizing that. So looking at what you can start with first. Then we start talking about like an overall wrapper. So the things like doing a will, why you'd need a will there. Everybody needs a will and maybe even looking at um, a power of attorney um, to make sure that your finances are dealt with um, if you became poorly. And then looking at tax. So tax is something that a lot of people avoid. They don't want to pay, pay it. But um, making the wrong types of uh, decisions can mean that you can pay too much capital gains tax, inheritance tax or income tax. So maximising um, your position in these areas are really, really crucial. So that gives you a little bit of an idea about where I come from when it, we're talking about future proofing your finances, how to thrive and build a strong financial foundation. No more messing. So on the 2nd of November, I'll be running one of my amazing challenges. I love my challenges um, all about these subjects. And on day one, we're going to be talking about money mindset. On day two, we're going to be talking about the money honeypot. <laughs> on day three, we're going to be talking about becoming a legendary, I laugh when I say this, let me say that again, become a legacy legend. Um, and then on day four, we're going to be talking about Fort Knox, your finances. Um, and these are all practical things that you can go, it is a challenge, so you do actually have to go away and do some work. 
um, we probably need to allow anything from 15 to 45 minutes um, each day to go away and do the actions. And, um, and on day five, I'll be talking about um, a live masterclass where we'll review some of the other activities and also give you a final challenge for the day. There are prizes um, for those that take part and engage and do really super well in the, um, in the challenge. Um, and I will be opening the doors to my membership. Um, and my membership is, well, I think it covers everything you'd need, everything I've talked about and far, far more. Um, the membership is there to get women started with their finances, whether they're wanting, whatever phase they're at. Let's put it that way. And um, from money management all the way through to investing at the top end. So I'm super excited to do that on the 2nd of November. Come and join the challenge. Um, if you're... Um, needed any other help or support just give us a message and um, I look forward to hopefully seeing you in our challenge or in our group um, or maybe speaking to you very soon take care and have a wonderful day would you like to know more on how you're handling your money the link is in our bio to take our money habits personality quiz do be sure to let us know your outcome